It's so sad. I don't have any rap for you this week. <laughs> you can't stop me. But I do have a joke, okay? Now, I'm, getting, I'm a horrible joke teller, I just got to tell you. So I, ho- I heard this from Joel Osteen, and I thought it was really funny, so I'm just going to, like, share it with you guys tonight, okay? Okay, there, there was a widow lady, and she had three sons, and she was getting older in age, and so her sons kind of had this competition. They wanted to see who could give her the best gift. So the first son, he went and bought her a brand-new, huge, big house, okay? Now, the second son, he went and bought her a convertible, just a really nice convertible, brand new, beautiful convertible car. And the third son, he was like, okay, what can I do? She's got a new house, new car. So he bought her a parrot because she was getting older in age and the parrot was trained to speak the word of God. And so he figured, oh, I've got this one. And so it'd been a couple days and, and the... The mother called and she told the first son, she was like, well, this house that you bought me, it's just way too big for me. Too much cleaning, too much, way too much. So she called the second son and she said, this car that you gave me, it's just way too small. And the convertible, I'm adding this, messes up my hair every time I ride in it. (laughs) So I don't know about this gift. So then she called the third son and she said, I just got to let you know that this was the best gift ever because I've never had such good chicken in all my life. (laughs) You guys laugh, so I must have told it right. (laughs) Woo! All right. Well, I got a call this evening, and they're like, what what do you want to title this? And I never have titles or anything like this, but tonight we're going to, I've titled it Speak Life. Speak life. And if I could like show you, I just want to put like speak life and put like 50 exclamation points on there. And um, as I was writing in the car today, okay, this, this message just became really real to me because I was riding in the car, it's Wednesday, and I was kind of starting to have a pity party. I know this is really bad, but I hadn't, I didn't feel like I had like had enough time to prepare or just, you know, cause I wasn't even really sure until last night what I wanted to speak on Monday. Um, we had a golf outing that we went to and Grace had a spend, friend spend the night. And by the time evening came, I was just really tired Tuesday. I was like, okay, that'll be my day to prepare. Well, my mom and dad called and I love spending time with them. And they're like, they wanted to come over and take everybody to lunch and, and, um, then they wanted to stay until Dan got home. And so then that, you know, Tuesday was kind of was kind of gone. And um, I have an apartment that's turning over tomorrow. They're moving in. And so I had to go and this I was it, no joke. I was like replacing toilet seats, which is just, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, so so I got that done. And I was like, OK, I can get home and prepare. Well, I'm in Weston's car because, like, this has all gone on this week. On Sunday, the engine went out on my car. So I have no car right now. So I'm driving his car. Well, he has no air conditioning in his car, which I know that's not a big, you know what I mean, a big deal. But I'm like, all this construction, I'm like so hot. And I just changed toilet seats. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. You know, and, I, and for a minute, for a small minute, I was just like, man, you know, but then I was like, no, 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 no. 
you, devil, you're not going to do this to me. I know that all the Bible is full of all kinds of promises for me. My best days are ahead. I'm not going back. I'm not going to, you know, he, he can try to do whatever he wants, but I have lots of promises to stand on. God will supply all of my need. He'll take care of me. Dan's message from Sunday. It's like, I don't have to like, it's not about me. It's about him. I'm just being a vessel. So he'll give me the words to speak and so then I was like, I just started thanking him for how good he was, thanking him that, hey, I had a car to ride in, and I was, you know, thanking him that I had an apartment that I owned that I could change three toilets in, you know, <laughs> toilet seats, sorry, not toilets, you know, and so I just began thanking him, and honestly, it just, it felt so good, because he just really lifted all the weights and all the cares that I was putting on myself, because he always comes through, he's never, like, never not come through for me. So I just started thanking him. And so this message tonight is speak life. And I just want to, I have a ton of scriptures, lots and lots of scriptures tonight. Okay. But I'm just going to um, go through these and it's really just the foundation. Cause I have a, a story that I want to want to tell you, but really the word is the foundation. And so I just want to go over these scriptures because I cannot emphasize enough and I cannot give you enough scriptures to enforce the fact that our words are so powerful. Okay. And so let's start in, and I do have the living Bible and I have the new living translation and I go flipping back and forth. But the first scripture that I'm going to read to you is in Genesis chapter one. And this is in the New Living Translation it says, when God began creating the heavens and the earth, the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass with the spirit of God brooding over the dark vapors. Then God said, let there be light and light appeared. And so, you know, I know that we've probably every single person in here has opened up Genesis and read this before, but even though God saw darkness, because that's what it says. It was a shapeless, chaotic mass, just darkness. He saw darkness, but he spoke forth light. He didn't like, oh, my mom just sent me hearts. <laughs> She's praying for me, so. <laughs> oh. But he didn't like take dirt and shape it and build it or have, you know, wood and all this stuff. He spoke forth light. And so in Hebrews 11.3, this is in the New Living Translation. I think I want to go there, actually. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith, by believing God, we know that the world and the stars, in fact, all things were made at God's command and that they were all made from things that can't be seen. All things that were made, God spoke into existence. And then if we read in Romans 4, 17, and I think um, or I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as if they do. This is, our words are so powerful, such creative power, just such power. Um, calls things which do not exist as if they already do. And then if we read in Genesis 17, 5, um, 
Bibles. I got so many Bibles going on here. <laughs> Genesis 17:5 says, "No longer this is no longer shall your name be called Abram." Okay? So Abram didn't have any children, and then God said, "Your name is going to be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations." Isn't that so awesome? Like God spoke into existence what what he wanted to come to pass. Abram had no children, but God changed his name and he spoke, you are now Abraham, the father of many nations. And that's what it became. That's what he became, the father of many nations. And so our words are so powerful, so creative, so powerful. And so I know, you know, maybe... I'm reading these scriptures and you're thinking, yeah, but that's all God. God spoke and, you know, God's, God's word, he's, you know, it, it's him. It's not us. So I just want to go to Romans 10, 10, because God's words were powerful because he spoke everything into existence. He created, but your words are powerful because Romans 10, 10, 10 says, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, Confession is made, and what is confession? It is speaking, right? Confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. What is salvation? It's healing, it's deliverance, it's wholeness, it's restoration, it's protection from harm. Our mouths speak forth those things, amen? You speak forth salvation, healing, deliverance, wholeness, restoration. Confession is made unto salvation. I know I'm saying that over and over, but like it's got to take root inside of you. Your words are so powerful. Mark eleven twenty two. Uh, we'll go to the New King James. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, but does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done and he will have whatever he says. That is so powerful because it's not just, it's more than just believing and wishing and hoping and think, and it's even more than just praying. You can pray, God, move the, move this mountain for me. God, take, God, do this. But God puts it back in your hands. And he says, whoever says to this mountain, you say it and it's done. God has already done everything that he's going to do for us. And now he says, you say it. You speak to the mountain and whatever you say will come to, will come to pass. Amen. Um, and then let's go to Matthew twelve thirty four through 37, because our words, I'm going to say it one more time, are so powerful. We speak life or we speak death. We speak things that line up with the word of God, or we speak things that are contrary to the word of God. There's really no 
in between, no, no lukewarm. It's you speak life or you speak death. And if we go to Matthew chapter 12, not there yet. Matthew chapter 12, 34 through 37 says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak they will give an account on it of the day of judgment. Every idle word. And so every idle word, it's going to be a word that is non-productive and useless. Every idle word that you speak, you give an account to. Or I was like, wow. Because think of the words that we speak idly and misuse. And I, I'm definitely this, you know, this gets me right here because I know I've said these things before. Um, oh, that just makes me sick, you know, or that scares me to death or that makes me so mad. You're killing me. You're driving me crazy. Ouch. So, you know, and now you might be thinking, well, you know, I've said that before, but I wasn't like sick immediately or anything like, you know, I didn't like die immediately. I've just said those things. But and I just want to go back real, um, real quick to the part that says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Well, the word treasure is actually deposit. So what you deposit into your heart is going to be what comes out. So if you're depositing the word of God and good things, then then good things are going to come out. If you're depositing fear, doubt, unbelief, all these things, then that's what's going to come out of your heart. But then you also have to give an account for all those words that you speak. So you really want to make sure you don't misuse your words and that your words line up with the word of God. Now we're going to go to um, James. James chapter three, verse six says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. Well, if you look this up, it says it sets on fire the course of nature. The Greek word when you, if you look this up, it says it sets in motion the cycle of natural events. That, okay, reading that, I'm like, okay, when we say that scares me to death, you are setting in motion the cycle of natural events. That's why it's so important to really, really watch your words and not misuse your words. Our words are so powerful. Our words are kind of like power tools, okay? If we have a power tool and we use it right, then there's lots of power. I wish I had a power tool, like one of those power screwdrivers when I was taking those toilet seats off. That would have been awesome. Things would have gone 
uh, much quicker, would have been much more productive, would have been very helpful. So our words are like power tools. If we don't use them in the correct way, then it can be devastating and it can be harmful. And I looked this up. Okay, this is talking about power tools. It says, tools are designed for specific needs. Using any tool inappropriately is a step in the wrong direction. Use tools only for their, for their intended purpose. To avoid, avoid personal injury and tool damage, select the proper tool and do the job well and safely. So I... Oh. Ah. Wait a minute. So I put in the word words. Words are designed for specific needs. Using any word inappropriately is a step in the wrong direction. That's why it says, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth unless it's there to build up or edify. Using any word inappropriately is a step in the wrong direction. Use words only for their intended purpose. To avoid personal injury and damage, select the proper word to do the job well and safely. We don't want to misuse our words because our words can be powerful in a good way and they can be helpful and creative, but we can also misuse our words like a power tool. We're not going to use a, you know, a screwdriver as a chisel or a hammer because might break it or somebody might get hurt, right? So we just have to make sure that our words line up with the word of God and we use them correctly only words that come out of our mouth are words that build up, encourage, edify, exhort. Only words that line up with the word of God. Let no corrupt, let no unproductive word come out of your mouth. Amen. Now I want you guys to go to John chapter 11. says, now there was a certain man that was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So this, this really stuck, you know, he's like, oh, it wasn't just some random person. It's like, they knew that there was a need that their brother was sick. And so they're like, Lord, we need you right now. Okay, he's sick. We need you to come right now. The one whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. And then it says, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I'm like, okay, they, they were saying, God, we, I mean, Lazarus is sick. We, we need you right now. And it says he loved them, but then he stayed two more days. And so um, Isaiah 55, 8 
says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Have you ever thought, I need God right now. He's got to show up right now. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in this thing for which I sent it. So Mary and Martha were like, God, we need you right now. And then he stayed two more days. But what did he say in verse 4, right above that? He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. He sent forth his word. His word was already spoken. And his word, we just read, does not return void. So right there, that was already spoken. Okay, let's go on a little further. And it says, let's see. So he waited two days and then he left. Then after he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you and you are going there again. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said. And after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, then he'll get well. So they are like, okay, he's just sleeping. So he's going to be okay. He's going to wake up. However, Jesus spoke of his death, of his death. He just said the sickness isn't unto death. But Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now what? <laughs> and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may be believe. Nevertheless, let us go to them. And so, you know, he goes and he gets there. And then I think it's Martha. She said, I mean, if you had been here, he would have, he would have lived. Right? If you had been here, then Lazarus, my brother, would still be alive. And I just want to make sure I read it right. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away and many of the Jews had joined the woman around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. He had been in the grave for four days. Okay. Did it, does it look like the situation is over and done with? Right. It does look like it. He's been in the grave for four days, but it's not over till God says it's over. Right. God has the final word. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. God had already sent forth his word. And so I just want to encourage you guys this evening, no matter what your situations, situation might look, look like, God has already given us his word. Amen. And so don't let the devil steal from you. Go with what the word of God says. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother 
would have not died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection in the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. That's so awesome. He, it's not like we're waiting. He is the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who has come into the world. And so he's saying, I am the resurrection. I am a very present help in time of need. I am here right now. And so if you go on a little bit further then it says, then, then he sent for Mary and Mary said the same thing. God, if you had been here, then my brother would not have died. And then he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And th- this just really stuck out with me because where have you laid him? And in life, where have you given up? Where have you said it's over? Where have you put those dreams? Where have you just given up because the situation looks like it's over? He said, where have you laid him? It looked like Lazarus was dead. Four days he'd been in the tomb. Your situation might look like it's not getting any better. It might look hopeless, but God had the final word and he had already sent forth his word. His word is final. Not what man says, not what anybody says. His word is the final authority. Where have you laid him? Where did you give up? Right? God has already sent forth his word. Four days dead, but God had already spoken. This sickness is not unto death. What has God already spoken to you? All of the promises that are in the Bible, God has already spoken to you. No matter what it looks like, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God will supply all of my need according to his riches. These are the things that he's already spoken to you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No matter what it looks like and how long it's been, God has already sent forth his word, and his word is the final authority. Amen? I just want to encourage you... um, In Ephesians 3, uh, I'm going to go to, oh, I think I, I don't think I have the version that I want to read it to you in. The word of God is good, amen? Ephesians 3.20 says, now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hope. May he be given glory forever and ever through the endless ages. Now may God is able to do far more. He can, I mean, they thought it was over. Lazarus was in the grave for four days. But he is able to do far more than what we can even ask, hope, or think. Amen? And then if we read in Luke chapter 10. Verse 
Verse 19 says, And I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. He's given you authority. He's given you the the authority to use his name. He's given you the authority to use his power. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. That is exciting. It doesn't matter if it's an enemy of in your finances, an enemy in your health, an enemy in whatever it may be in your mind. He's given you authority over all the power of the enemy. We don't have to wait for him to do something. We have to begin to speak those things into existence, speak the things that he's already given us into existence. Amen. Second Corinthians 2.14 says he always leads us in triumph. So what should our words be? Oh, my goodness. Did you did you hear what the doctor has said? It's I mean, it's not going to get any better. I mean, I just don't know what I'm going to do anymore. Instead, let's replace that with he always leads me in triumph. Everywhere I go, I have victory. He has given me victory in every situation. What if we never, ever, ever let an idle word come out of our mouth again? But we only let words that lined up with the word of God or the word of God come out of our mouth. Do you think we would ever be depressed, angry, upset, fearful, whatever, put it out there? If you only spoke the words that God said to speak, it would totally turn situations around. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do anything because this is the only thing that you'd be speaking. The more you speak it, the more that it goes out there, the more you hear it, the more you hear it, the more you begin to believe it. It takes root inside of you. So it's deposited in you. So then when situations come, the thing that comes out is the word of God, not fear, not doubt, not unbelief, because the only thing that you've deposited in there is the word of God. It's really powerful. It's just such an awesome like cycle. Deposit the word in, let it take root. The word comes out. The word has power, creative power. The word changes situations. It changes circumstances. It turns things around. Ah, it's so powerful. Okay, I just want to give you some, okay, three things real quick. And this is to have victory, okay, in your life every day. Speak life into your situation. Ephesians 6.10, when it's talking about put on the whole armor of God, there are six things. There's the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace. Actually, just real quick, I want to read this. Last of all, I want to remind you that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand safe against all strategies and tricks of Satan. For we are not fighting against people of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule the world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. So use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy whenever he attacks and when it is all over you will be standing up 
you will be standing up. But I just want to encourage you, um, speak life into your situation. The first five items, the breastplate, the the shield of faith, the shoes of peace, those are all defensive. You know, your breastplate of righteousness, your helmet, those are all defensive. But when you get to the sixth one, it's the sword of the spirit. It's an active weapon. So you can be on offense, okay? You have all the defensive clothes on, but you can swing your sword and be on offense and you can speak life into dead things. You can call things though they're not as if they were. God has given you the sword of the spirit. You have to use that sword every single day. It can't be in the, you know, like, what do they call it? The sheath. Sheath? Can't be in the sheath. You have to, (laughs) sounds funny. You have to pull it out and use the sword that God has given you. The word of God. Go on offense. Don't wait. Oh, you know, defense, you go after the devil and you tell him what the word of God says. And he's not messing with you. He's not stealing from you. Everything that God says that is in the Bible, you're going to have. Amen? Amen. Speak life into your situation. Stating the obvious does not change things. <laughs> Out, right? The changing power is in your words. God saw darkness but he spoke forth light. Amen. All of God's promises are yes and amen. The devil wants to try to steal all of those promises, but they are yes and amen. Everything he says in the word belongs to you. Amen. Second thing that we have to do is we have to use our authority. In Exodus In Exodus 14, but Moses, oh, sorry, 14, 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand where you are and watch, and you will see the wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians are, you are looking at, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you and you won't need to lift a finger. Then the Lord said to Moses, quit praying and get the people moving forward. March, use your rod, hold it up and over the water and the sea will open up a path before you. And all the people of Israel shall walk through on dry land. He said, use your rod, use your authority, use his name. Amen. Use your authority. Matthew 16, 19. Switch into the next book. <laughs> Matthew 16, 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is powerful. You have authority. Whatever you bind on earth, you bind the power of the enemy. You bind the attacks of the enemy and you loose the power of God. Amen. God has already done everything he's going to do. Now he puts it in our hands and he says, you speak to that mountain. You bind it. You loose the power of God. You do it. Amen. He's given you his authority and we have to use it. And the third thing to have victory is you cannot give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not get tired of doing what is right for after a while we shall reap it if we do not lose heart. Maybe it's 
Four days is a long time to be dead. Maybe your situation you feel like has been going on a long time. But you don't lose heart. You continue speaking. You can continue um, using your authority, binding and loosing. Continue to do it. And it says you will reap if you don't lose heart. Luke eleven eight. I'm almost done here with all that. I told you I had lots of scriptures. Luke eleven eight says. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give. Wait a minute. Yes, that's right. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as his needs. You can just be persistent every day. God, I thank you that you supply all of my need. God, I thank you that I have more than enough. God, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. And you speak it every single day persistently over and over and over and over and over again. And, and eventually it's going to happen. Romans 8.37 says, in all these situations, we are more than conquerors. Do not give up because you are more than a conqueror. That's what the word of God says. That is the final authority. Amen. No matter what you might be seeing, no matter what you might have been told, God's word is the final authority. He has great things for you. Everything you need, he has already provided. Amen. Three keys to victory every day. Speak life into your situation. God calls things though they're not maybe they don't exist, you can say they exist because that's what he says. Call things that do not exist as if they do. You have that power and that authority. Use your authority and don't ever give up. Amen? Mary and Martha, they had kind of given up. God, if you had been here, my brother would live. It had been four days, but God had already sent forth his word. Amen. God has already given you his word. What is he speaking to you today? Amen. Amen. Let's all stand.